0: Hello and welcome to episode seventy-eight of the My Fancy Zamboni, or is it more topical this time to say here or oh, welcoming to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni as we prep for the uh, the upcoming My episode. Oh, yes, I did get that off on Google Translate. Um, I'm gonna say there's not a cat in our fancy union that. Now I've got one to say thank you and goodbye as well. <laughs> it's all prepped and ready. <laughs> We'll go straight into the, uh, the introductions today, boys. We've got a full roster. We're back to full strength today. The voice that we've just heard is, of course, Mr. David Grant. So we'll start with you, Dave. How are we doing? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, it's been a very long week, um,
1: <laughs> as, as you guys are more than aware. Um, lots of miles covered. Um, I won't lie. I'm i glad to be on this uh, recording tonight with you four, um, talking our normal highbrow conversation. And getting ready for next week. Um, I'm just hoping it's next to the miles this week
0: worthwhile. But all's well here. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. It's uh, again nearly the end of another week and uh, going into a two day week at work next week before we uh we head off to the not so sunny <laughs> Denmark <laughs> and uh, having the monkey bringing the rain with him.
2: You know the news. Waters wet. <laughs> Yeah, I always just... hit the level with you.
0: I mean, okay, so thanks everybody for listening to another episode of <laughs> <laughs> Just killed the podcast. I know, tell me about it. Obviously that voice that we've just heard is the toothless wonder, the man who's wondering how his team are now going to go on. They might be playing well, but they've lost the star player in Jack Eichel. It's uh, it's Gareth Dutton. How are we doing?
3: I'm good, thanks, Joe. I mean, I kind of wish it was last week, but then...
0: Next week is going to be even better, so, you know, swings it's a bit of, roundabouts. It's a bit of a disappointing week this week, isn't it? Last week we had yeah. both my Valentine, next week we've got Denmark. This week's just a full week at work, and it's just, yeah. So, yeah, fully get that. Dave looks very confused now.
1: <laughs> I don't know. When did we have a new person on the podcast, Gareth Dutton? I know. Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. i to say, do you know about this, Andrew? I do now. Well, nice of,
2: nice
0: uh, I it? ironically threw myself with a length of intro for Gref. I started going on about Jack Eichel, and then I was like, yeah. yeah I'm not going to lie, boys. It was a bit of a shambles, that, to be honest. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Start if you mean to go on.
1: Precisely. Yeah, we've hit the high bar now. That's it, guys. <laughs> it's going to be a long podcast.
0: <laughs> it probably is anyway. It usually is. And of course, the last voice that we just heard is Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing, mate?
4: Uh, I'm a bit better today. Uh, I had a bit of issues with passwords myself. Uh, just sort of lost it. So I needed it for work. I managed to find it eventually. Just absolutely slipped down. You know, the one place where I didn't think to look until last minute. So I'm glad I've got that sorted. Uh, and injured my again. The dream train yesterday. Uh, apart from that, I'm okay. How are you?
0: I'm really trying hard not to make you comment about how you injured your groin, but <laughs> I'm all right, mate. I'm glad to hear you've. Uh, I'm glad to hear you found your passport. I want to know if it turned up in your ramble drawer.
4: No, it it, it didn't. Um, basically, I'm in the office, and obviously because it, it's just me who goes in it, and my mum, of course. Um, it's pretty ramful of stuff, uh, and ironically, there is a suitcase in here that, that we never use and um, it's actually slipped off the desk and it's landed in the pocket in the suitcase that we never use. Of all things, so that's a pretty good sign to say we're going away next week, isn't
0: it? That's like the worst pen & Teller gag. gag. <laughs> like, where's where's the passport gone? Oh, it's in the disused passport- <laughs> suitcase. Oh, God, mate. Well, I'm glad you found it. Uh, we're we're glad to have we're glad to have you back this week, mate. We mi- we missed you last week. Ah, Missed you too. <laughs>
2: well
0: now <laughs> we've got now we've got the semantics over and done with, that <laughs> we, uh, we can head straight on to the results from last week. So I'll run quickly through. Uh Wednesday we had a ch- oh, not a Challenge Cup. A league game Steelers five, Steelers won 6-0. I'll go through the league games first. Saturday, the Steelers beat the Giants 7-1. The Panthers beat the Stars 4-3 in overtime. The Storm lost 6-2 to Guildford. And then Sunday, the Giants took on the Glasgow clan in their first game of the year. uh, Glasgow coming out with a 3-2 loss. Uh, Coventry beat the Stars 5-1. The Guildford Flames lost out at home 1-0 in overtime. And the Five Flyers won 3-1 against the Cardiff Devils. Kudos to Dave for getting that one spot on. Um and then we shift over to the Challenge Cup. We've got the Coventry Blaze took on the Cardiff Devils on the Saturday. Uh, Coventry took a 2-1 win. Uh, Sunday, the Panthers beat the Storm 5-4 in a shootout, which I believe means that the Storm are now officially out of the Challenge Cup. It does indeed. I will say this. I had a message from Craig to say that we got it wrong on the podcast because we said before that they would have been out on in our group and what I had not realised at the time was that it was also dependent on how other teams did in the other group and what have you. So now they're officially out. Um, like I said to Craig at the time, it was a very off-cuff thing that I realised. So got that completely wrong. But uh, but yeah, hey-ho. Standout results, gents. Um, uh, I'll just throw
2: it straight over to you. Don't all jump in at once. You're right. I'll go for it. I'm gonna go with the
3: Coventry Blaze winning two one against Cardiff. Considering Coventry were three or four players down going into that game and then six minutes into the first period, they get another player chucked out. So that's gonna be a really tough game or tough challenge anyway for Coventry to actually even compete to that level against Cardiff. To win it 2-1.
2: Fair play to them. They've shown good character for that, some good grit. Well I'm gonna milk
1: the prediction, the rarity that we got a prediction correct. Uh, Fife and Cardiff. Fife has been the the bogey team of Cardiff over the last few years. Never did I expect to get the score right. But uh, goals, McNicholas, um, Stadnik, um, an empty net goal from Carter, was five um, down on the board. Cardiff with the power play goal from uh, Prandon. But uh, as much as one game was league and one was cup, zero point weekend for the Devils. Um, Very un-Devil-like. But a good result for Fife. I think they needed some good results they, apart from destroying Manchester they didn't have much they haven't had much so far this year so good result for Fife um, could be one of them results we already said a few times on the pod that when it comes to the end of the season could bite them on the backside
4: who knows but uh, well done Fife Uh I'm going for a game uh, that also includes Scottish team that has done really well to get a point out of this, and that's Nottingham and Dundee uh, on Saturday, where we finished 4-3 in over time to the Panthers. Goals uh, from Gabriel Desjardins uh, for Dundee, and then equaliser from Matthew Toussaint. Charlie comes bringing the, the, the Stars uh, a goal up, and then two responses from Nottingham, from Christophe Wavin, and uh, ripping the uh, young Brits is Ollie Betteridge, who's been fantastic so far this, this uh, season. Uh, and then several strikes for Dundee from uh, Sebastian Bengtsson, and then Christoph Boivart in overtime, winning it for the Panthers
0: 4-3. Yeah, for me, um, I'm going a bit of a homer on this one, boys, but I can't quite believe the result that, that happened on this one. It's got to be Sheffield versus. Sheffield Steelers, Belfast Giants game, 7-1 to the Steelers. Absolutely none of us guessed that. In fact, again, Dave, you were the only person that actually said a Sheffield win. Uh, my, personal, my personal prediction was 4-3 in overtime to the Giants. Um, Andy, you said 3-2 in overtime. Gref, you said 6-5 in overtime. So we all predicted a really close game. And then all of a sudden we got this blowout. Dave, I think you said 4-2 Steelers. So you were also the only person not to say overtime. Um yeah, I mean the Steelers got on the board pretty early, uh with a goal from Evan Mosey. Giants came back pretty quick. I think it was three minutes twelve was our goal, four minutes no sorry, three minutes nineteen was our goal, four minutes twelve was there. So they came back pretty quick, uh, with a goal through Picanich. Uh and then all of a sudden the floodgates just opened for the Steelers. The first period ended five one, uh, with goals from De Luca, Valorand, Everlay and Schulz. Uh, and then another two goals later on from 2. And, of course, the wonder that was a goal from Davy Phillips. Um, seven different goal scorers for the Steelers. Uh, the Giants actually swapped out um, Beskarawani after the first period, uh, which was certainly the last thing that I would have expected in that game. I expected him to be a pivotal player in that game. Um yeah, I mean, the main thing for me, I don't... Who got the uh, man of the match in that game for the Giants? Can we remember? I seem to remember it not being Jackson Whistle. But Jackson Whistle played an absolutely outstanding game. Oh, yeah, a blinder. That like, absolutely smashed it. So... Um, and then, truth be told, if it we weren't
1: for Whistle, that's double figures for the Steelers.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%, because the Steelers never stopped going in that game. Um, you know, the Giants lost the discipline a little bit. You can see a few penalties. They've got a 2 plus 2 for slashing, which I've not seen given in a long time. Um, Sam Ruop also got a 2 for cross-checking and a 10 on sportsmanlike conduct. Uh, and quite frankly, I'll give kudos to, to Sam Jones for not reacting to that because he must have glove-punched him in the face a good four or five times before the referee called the 10-minute the, the misconduct. Um But yeah, just a result that either way we didn't expect. Uh, But to see a seven-one win for the Steelers was a personal highlight anyway, and obviously, as I say, not what we expected. Crazy scoreline, that absolutely crazy, especially against Belfast. It. I just. Do you know what? I mean, I remember we standing there just thinking, "What on earth is going on? Like this is just absolutely unprecedented." Um. You know, the five. I, I almost expected them to come back in the second and third, just because we got all the goals in the first period. It was kind of one of those, Okay, the floodgates have opened, we're going to take his foot off. We always have a bit of a bad second period. But they just, they never looked like they were ever going to get back into that game. No, like I said, you you kind of think,
1: also because it's Belfast, they're not just going to roll over and and have a stomach sickle. They'll get back in the game, they'll get a goal and that's it, they'll ride the wave. But they didn't. Um, and, And in fairness... Kudos to Sheffield they didn't give him the chance to Um, so as we've already said you know a result that no one expected but a very good one um, for the Steelers
0: yeah yeah 100% Um, next thing I've got written down is uh, gents is DOPS Um, it was the reason that we actually ended up doing a podcast last week we wondered if they were going to be active again this week they have been just not quite as active as they were last uh, there's just one Dopp suspension given out this week. Uh, that is Nathaniel Halbert for the Coventry Blaze suspended for one game for boarding. Um, that was on Saturday night's game against Cardiff uh, with an incident involving Devils forward Josh Waller. Uh, what did we think to this one, boys? I'm going to give DOP some praise because we've, we've knocked him
1: and in our opinions justifiably over the last few weeks. Um, it Go on the most stupidest play I've seen for a long time. Um it just you watched it and you're like, what earth is he doing? Makes no sense whatsoever. Um so a game it went recklessly and, and all that and worth and, and completely, you know, intent to injure, but it was just most stupidest play I've, you ever see. If anything if anything says hold my bear and gets worse than that, then fair play to it. But that's probably up there for stupidest play of the season. And, you know, if we're honest, one game, puts a cap on it. I would say it's well done, Dots. They got it right for me.
3: I totally agree. Stupid play. I mean, when you watch the video, it's grabbed him as if to say, right, you're not actually following the ice here. You're not going to hit your head, even though you get your helmet on. You're not going to hit your head or anything. And then next minute, he just goes, bam, throws him towards the balls. And it's like, what are you doing? You, it was literally like, you idiot, what are you doing? One game and a, a fine as well. Fair play to him. You can't really be having that kind of stuff in the
4: league. It's just stupid play. I've got to be honest, I'm surprised. That's only one game. Uh, I haven't seen the replay Does look like he just shoves him right into that dangerous area as it is. It was a lot of force, and especially when it's uh, Sam Waller. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Josh Waller, sorry. Apologies, Josh Waller. Um, Yeah, just seems to be really forceful, and it, it, it is in that area where you know it's close to the boards, and you have plenty of time to think about that. So I'm very surprised it's one game. I think it should have been two. But um, I'm glad that Dobbs took action on it and um, have brought some sort of conclusion to it and uh, obviously given some sort of ban, which is better than nothing.
3: I, I was going to say, it feels like he's...
4: Because
3: he, he looked like he was going to get a penalty anyway, possibly, for holding, and then he's just
0: lost his head. Yeah, this is... <clears throat> This is a key thing for me. I mean, it looks like they both get tied up. Um, I don't know whether it's Halbert that tied up Waller or Waller that tied up Halbert. As, as according to Dops. They actually said initially it's a good defensive play until Halbert uses his free hand to wrap Waller, holding him and forcing him to the ice worthy of a minor penalty. I mean, I wouldn't have said it was a good defensive play before then. I mean, either way, whichever player it was that was tying whoever up, you know, I, as far as I could have seen, that was holding but like you say, it looks like all of a sudden a, a switch has just flipped. I don't know whether it's... what That leads me to think it's Waller that's tying up Halbert and Halbert's just eventually lost it, grabbed hold of him and spun him round. Um, I mean, Dops have highlighted the fact that Halbert was in control of the play at all times, which again, I could kind of... I see what you mean there, Andy. I mean, if there's if this, this clear intent on this here, it, and we've said before that, you know, boarding calls hits to the head, hits from behind, they're often the result of kind of mistimed hits and that kind of thing. And you can kind of see the error that a player's going to make a split-second decision. Again, this is the kind of thing where a guy gets hold of someone and he spun him around. There's there's some clear intent behind what he's doing, Um, whether or not he realised the kind of distance to the boards and and kind of what the end result was going to be, I don't know. Um, However, I do agree dave with you that this is i think this is probably the closest that dops have come to getting one spot on for me um i could see it have been two games in hindsight looking at previous things i mean generally speaking we've been critical of them for not giving nearly enough games um if we're going to do that proportionately i'd say this is probably at least one that they've got the least wrong (laughs) i was going to say um agreed so yeah uh Dave, like you say, credit where credit's due to Dops. Uh, it's not often that we say that. We have been critical of Dops over the last few weeks, so it's quite nice to be able to say that. Um, not a nice play at all. I just can't wrap my head around what was going through his mind at that point.
1: makes the whole thing just doesn't make sense. It's it's like it's a I mean, you, the, the bands you've seen so far, big big illegal hits and everything, just doesn't fit into any category whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like it needs its own heading. Boarding doesn't seem to quite. It is by yeah. definition boarding, but at the same time, it, it it just doesn't. I don't know. It just you know boarding. You're used to seeing that being a guy checking someone into the boards a good two or three feet away and resulting in a in a dangerous contact with the boards. You're not used to seeing a guy basically grapple someone into the boards. It's just weird. Um I mean, a one-match ban for grappling might have been more more sufficient, but yeah, who knows? Apparently, uh, Nathaniel Halbert has uh, has been practicing his judo in the off-season, I think, and he's uh he's been getting that going. Uh, two guys that have been quite prominent in recent Dops videos. Uh, neither of them, in their respective Dops videos, getting a penalty, but it's worth pointing out that Waller was the same player uh, that was hit by uh, was it Hamanick that hit hit Waller. In the last bout of video, uh, yeah. and it was Nathaniel Halbert that actually, in my my mind, was very lucky not to get a penalty or, or a suspension. But it was him that kicked off the whole issue with uh, Kevin Lindskog. It was him that crossed jet Linskoog after his initial in, his initial celebration. So yeah, the first time that we've seen one of these two players get given a suspension, but they've they've appeared previously in Dobbs videos. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anything else on Dops? We're quite happy to close the book early doors on Dops this week. Yeah, sound. We'll go with that. Uh, the next thing that I've got written down, I think, comes with a proviso that this may be a can of worms, um, as as is usually a can of worms when we start talking about Brit development and Brit players. Uh, the word I have written down is Churchfield. Uh, ben Churchfield has notified the Steelers that he wanted to leave. Steelers tried to do what they could to keep him but the basic bottom line is he wanted to get more time on the ice, he wanted more chance to be a starting netminder currently he's not even really getting the chance to be a backup netminder uh, and so I think that the official line is he's gone over to North America to assess his options over there um, Disappointing one just from a, before we even get into the nitty gritty of it and, and that kind of thing a disappointing one to see a player leave that doesn't have something lined up. If he'd have had a team lined up in North America, you could kind of sit there and go, fair enough, he's had this opportunity. When it's this way around, where he's going, do you know what, I'd rather go there without anything lined up and see what I can get. That's when you kind of look at it and go, okay, we've let this guy down a little bit here. Um, I'll throw it
2: over to you guys see what you think first. I mean, the talks on... What
3: that you've seen from like Ewan King and Ben Bounds has pretty much said it all that you can say for how goalies are in this league at the moment, well in G B. It
2: doesn't look great. Future could be great, but it doesn't look too great. It's um it's a sad loss. I felt Churchfield did very
1: well in the uh, summer series. Um, and if I'm honest, with, with, with work, I felt he could have been in two or three years the starter. Um, there's, there's elements to that conversation, which I think we'll move on to and once Andy's uh, stepped up to the podium. Um, because I think, with him going back to North America, like Joe said, evaluating his option, not saying, I've got something. I think the game in this country has come to a point where a few changes are needed. And it's borderline drastic ones. Because I think we need to do things that we don't have this. This shouldn't happen. And at this moment in time, Sheffield doesn't have a standout British backup netminder. We have a guy who was playing for Bracknell
2: in King Curtis Warburton That's it. And I know Cardiff have gone down the two import goalie route. And I don't know if that's the G B cap that I wear that
1: I just feel uneasy with that another of the the top end teams is now, in essence, going down that route as well. I don't know
2: uh
4: Well, last season, Will Curling released. And now, obviously, they've not released Churchfield, but if not going to give him the time of day, then what's the same of a team in this country or the UK is going to? Because so many times now in the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of players come up from from the ranks and be promising uh, one of them Jack Brammer you know and uh, he, he knows where his level is everyone else knows where it is but the Elite League doesn't the Elite League has not got a bloody clue what they are doing all these players are now forced to have to go overseas to try and look for something over there because the Elite League is not going to give these guys a chance and I've said it many times, and I'll say it before, is when Ben Barnes retires, when Phillips retires, when Richardson retires, Myers retires, where are you going to find these people if you're not going to give them a bloody chance in this league? Where are you going to find them? Are you going to keep trying to search on elite prospects for players who have got some sort of British nationality, British background, who are eligible? Is that where we're going down again? It's just absolutely crazy. I mean, you you got so many League players, so many so many Brits putting these points up in this league, and does that not give you sort statement? I mean, look at look look at Curly last week last Manchester shutting them out. Well, no, no sorry, apologies. Uh, winning them again again in the shootout. You know, if not going to give these players a chance, then what's point in signing them in the first place? It's just absolutely ridiculous now. Honestly, the old boys upstairs, they really do need to get their heads out of their asses and think what they're what they're gonna do in the future. Because after a few years one sees great players who've got us to where we are now. Once they retire, there's gonna be no nobody to fill those shoes. Nobody. And we're gonna start slipping down again drastically. And if you're trying to grow the game in in, in the UK, then what is this going to say to to many young fans who, who come to games? You know, I've had dreams playing this league. Well, now sure they're going to go, there's no point, I'm going to try and be a footballer or something, because at least they're getting the chance. You know, what people seem to forget is that if the league made it, You know, if they just dropped their import limit by 4 and just got some British players playing this level across all teams, that's going to give the Brits more competition. Because right now, they're hardly getting a chance at all. Hardly a chance. And when they're getting no chance, they're going to quit. Because they can't afford to move overseas. They can't afford to do that yet so many people so many people in the UK who have had to have been so determined to try and find something that they've been forced to go overseas because that's how, that's how much this game means to them and yet the people in charge don't give a crap about them about, about anybody who's British in this league it's absolutely ridiculous, and it needs to change now. It, it, it's, it's just absolutely baffling. I, you know, I'm, I'm done.
2: I <laughs> can't disagree anything what you just said there, I
0: don't know. That absolutely not. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. Um i don't I don't even think it just i've said this before I don't think it just falls down to the elite league I think it falls down to British ice hockey as a whole. We don't put enough whether it's funding or support behind trying to close the gap between the n i h l and the elite League for a start if we had a second league that had the caliber of player. I don't know, and almost as daft as it sounds, that almost involves bringing a couple more imports down into the NIHL level. But if we had an NIHL level that was that was of a better calibre, then you wouldn't see such a difference in, play, in playing players in the NIHL, which would then give teams in the Elite League the confidence to bring players up. The problem that we have at the moment is the Elite League have now got to the stage where the attendances are up, that we're bringing in more and more players with NHL, AHL, KHL experience, that all of a sudden it's stopped being a league of, this is a British league, let's see what we can do. The domestic players are just as important. And it's now got to a point where it's, oh, let's see who we can get. Let's see how many imports we can get. Let's see really how good we can, we can push ourselves. Whereas actually what we're not thinking of is what's going to happen in five, ten years' time. And like you've said, Andy, it affects the domestic league as a whole, in terms of once we start losing all these Brit players, you know, as only option is then going to be to reset, keep the you know the import limit as it is and bring in some lower caliber Brits that haven't been given the chance, or it's going to be to increase the Brit the import amount because that's the only other way we're going to maintain quality in the league. What that then doesn't do is put any focus on the international side of things. It doesn't put any any focus on the the GB side where then we start going to international tournaments, which is a primary reason that we're getting the exposure in our league. You know, that and the CHL and the performances that we've put in European tournaments across, well, realistically, the Devils and the Panthers are the reason that we're getting the exposure and we're getting the better players coming to our league because we're starting to make statements in those tournaments and we're starting to make statements at the world champs. So what we're actually doing is we're, we're cutting off his nose in spite of his face because we're thinking, OK, this is great. We've got all these great players. Let's see how good we can really push it. What we're actually doing is pushing ourselves back to a Super League era where we're going to start overpricing the league. Teams are going to stop being able to budget it. We're already seeing the likes of Fife, Dundee, Manchester, As, as you know, maybe not so much. But they're not putting up the same teams on paper and they're not putting up the same performances generally as your Sheffield Manchester, Manchester, Sheffield, Belfast, Nottingham, Cardiff. You know, all that's going to happen is you're going to see that divide when you start seeing more, less and less teams being able to afford to put those teams out there. It's just a massive catastrophe waiting to happen on a number of different levels. And currently, it's done under this huge, ridiculous heading of we are not a development league. And our, I, Andy, you and I both tried to argue with a Steelers fan that was on the Orange Army page the other day, trying to say it's such a narrow-minded way of looking at it to say... Oh, we can't afford other teams points. We you know, we're not in this league to be a development league. We're in this league to win things. And and it comes down to like I've said, British hockey, it comes down to the elite league. It comes down to the fans and the individual clubs. And this is this is the problem as a whole. Particularly in your top teams now. And I dare say Cardiff have got themselves up to the same level that Sheffield are at. And Sheffield are uh, notorious for being an arrogant team that expect to win things. You know, Cardiff are up there, or, or up there, Belfast are up there, Nottingham are up there. I mean, make no mistakes to think that any of the four teams expect anything other than to win at least one bit of silverware each year. And none of those teams are going to be willing to step down and go, OK, we're happy to take a couple of years where we don't win anything to try and develop a couple of players. Credit to Cardiff was the last time they did, that was Ben Bounds. Ben Bounds has gone and they're the first team to go, actually, we don't need a Brit back up. And I criticised them for that. And now the Steelers, granted Warburton's on the books, but he's playing in Bracknell, the Steelers are in the exact same position. Um, the last thing I'll say before I throw it back over to you guys is there's one person in the Steelers' history of recent that has tried to do what he can for Brit development. And this is exactly why Brit development is going to go nowhere in Sheffield and it's exactly why Brit development is going to go nowhere in the elite league. That person was Paul Thompson. And if any Steelers fans are listening that are on that, on board the Paul Thompson should never have been coaching the Steelers, blah, 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 that kind of train. You're not going to like this bit. But if you look at what Paul Thompson did, he was the first person to bring in the apprenticeship contracts. He signed Cole Shudra and Liam Kirk, two apprenticeship contracts, for the first time that had been done in the league. The league then started to make the moves to say that you've got to have X amount of un, X, whatever it was, two under-23 Brit players on your roster, whatever that was. And if we can move back to that after this year, this COVID year, where whatever excuse has been given under the heading of we want to cut costs, so we'll cut the numbers, if we can move back to having that limit or that, well, that requirement of having two under-23 Brits, that would be a big step back forward for us. It's not going to change the world, but it'd be a big step <clears> uh, But a lot of that came from Paul Thompson. He tried to do that. He tried to develop some younger players. And look at what happened. He got lynched out of Sheffield. So you're telling me any other coach is going to do that? Really think Aaron Fox is going to come in this year to Sheffield and go, okay, boys, we've got a great team, but let's play Cole Shudra, Jackson Whistle, Alex Graham, and let Warburton and Churchfield have a game. It's not going to happen. Because at the end of the day, Fox is here for a paycheck. At the end of the day, Fox is here to keep his job. He don't want to get halfway through the season and get lynched out of Sheffield like Paul Thompson did because he tried to get some development going. I think you absolutely nailed the Thompson thing there, mate.
1: Um, And I know we've mentioned that numerous times in the 78 podcast that we've done. I I think there's a few things that I'll, I'll touch on. Firstly I think now let's look at the goal situation as, as the goalie on, on the podcast. We're not getting the development. We've been at places me and you Joe and I want to say Andy was there one of them where quote an 80% fit import net miner was preferred to a 100% fit British backup. Why? Because if he loses a couple of games, not by his fault, but by definition of losing the games, that team's behind the eight ball. And the pressure on each coach at the top, the top four teams is to win the league.
2: No one's going to blame that coach, that coach to want to win at all costs. The problem is,
1: we're now at the stage where we need, as a country, we need to make some changes. We need to change how we define our league. I'd go, with the, I'd go with the following: scrap the league winner as the be-all and end all, and I'd move that to the postseason, which you could still do with the playoff weekend. We'll call it. We'll, we'll change it to the grand final weekend. Rugby league have the same qualifiers, one-off game, win the marbles. Some great game finals I've watched over the years, right? And Pete, and they sell the tickets well in advance. So obviously I think it's Old Trafford more often than not. Um, Gref, correct? I have enormous sellout, seventy, eighty thousand. I appreciate rugby league has a better um, reach in terms of TV and all that jazz. But the principle behind it is that you, they, they, it's doable. If you had that, and it's qualified for the playoffs, you could even have a best of three first round. To qualify for the final four. However, you wanted to do it and make it around so you got a few games out of it. The pressure's there not to win the league where you lose a couple of games, that's it. You're behind the eight ball. Your backup can start playing more. Yeah, business end. Top goal is going to play more, fine. But you're then going to have goalers playing 15, maybe 20 games, which hasn't been seen backup wise in this country. For a long, long time. Can't remember which one. One of the gents we mentioned, uh, Bounds and Ewan King, who's the current uh, net-minding coach for the National U-20s. These two guys know what they're on about. I, I, I thought it was Andy for a second. I wasn't sure. Oh, it was just um, a. It was, just the way it was way- a way, Yeah, I didn't want to mention that, but I have. It was a. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. Um, th- them two guys know what they're on about. Bounds has gone through development. He's he's took the punt. He's gone to. From the Steel Dogs, to Steel Dogs to Hull to Cardiff, he's now played abroad. Standard bearer, Ewing King. Although he he's domestic playing wasn't at a high level, his knowledge of the game and his respect, people respect him and, and what he says about the game as a netminder and netminding. And these guys are saying the same thing. You know, the, the chance aren't there. So we need to start listening to these people now. I read the, the argument on the Orange Army that the, the the Elite League is not a development league. The NHL develops their players to be the superstars. The NHL develops the guys who join, who, who make the jump from the AHL to the NHL, develop them, cajole them, mould them into superstars. You know, the likes of Sidney Crosby and Vetch, Kim McDavid are one-offs. The rest have to go through the mill and, and the yards. That's development. However, you look at it. So, if it's good enough for the NHL to do it, any league in the world
2: is good enough for them. The narrow minded attitude has to end. And I tell you now, the Elite Series, what was it? I think it was, was it 12 and 8? The, the split
1: between Ports and, and Brits?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. They could have easily no. gone down that line. And gone down the line of, we're doing this for COVID. They could have easily done that. You'd still two less, and still have twenty players 4 line hockey. They could have easily done that. Now, on all accounts, Sheffield
2: was the one, one of the two teams that didn't want to have the the cut off, as it were. Um, you 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 mentioned it's heading to Super League um, times, uh,
1: and that really set the game back a hell of a long way.
2: Why do we want history to repeat itself? And there are people involved then who are involved now. And yes, we all want to look after our own clubs. Sooner or later,
1: as as the game in this country, we've got to say, right, what can we do to look after the Steelers, the Panthers, the Devils, the Blaze, the Flames, the, the Flyers, the Stars, whoever, it, which team it is. But at the same time, we look after the, the game and the, the game's product, the game's development in this country. We have to do that. Let's not just rely on the NIHL and the NIHL too. Which, that's a different argument with the amount of over 35-year-old players who are there, but that's a different argument. Um
2: we we have to do that soon. You know? If people still think we're not developing, we may need to stop listening to
1: lines and attitudes from high up that don't want that because they don't care. And it's across the league. There are many people who don't care. They just want to make sure that their teams on an end goal. And that's fine. I get that. At the same time, and it's doable. You you look at leagues around the, Europe that the teams look after themselves, but in the decision making they do, they also look after the domestic product and the domestic player. We we need to stop losing players to other in, other businesses and, and work because it's better pay, better opportunities. We need to stop this. It has to, it has to end because you know, the golden era of the national side,
2: you know, we, we next year. It'll be the third tournament at the very top table. After 25 years, I'll be nowhere near it.
1: Only two years of being close to getting promotion back out of them 25 years. And even going down to what to 1B. Now, some, some fans may go, well, that's our level because we've got too many imports. I disagree. That elite series showed what the domestic product we have, and some players that have sadly not had the sniff of an elite contract. They had that platform to and we all said the same, the platform they had to, to showcase their skills and, and everything, and not just the, the, the forward or defensive with the goal is. We've got the talent. We need to start using it. We, we have to. And I guarantee you now, the British way of one of our own is doing the business. Fans will still pay. And I'm not saying imports that come over here, they're all just, you know, just give us a paycheck. I don't care about where they're based. They don't care about the community. because a load of them do. And we know that. But if if we think that, if we do see a, a, a good Sheffield junior that gets 15, 20 goals a season, do you think we're not, as Sheffield fans, do you think they're not going to like that? Do you think there's no one, a local lad from Wateringham gets, you know, gets 20 wins as a goalie? You think that the Manchester fans are going to like that? All teams up and down the country will like seeing their own players, as in from their junior development. They want to see where the senior covers. But mindset, that's going to hold us back.
3: Definitely. I, You mentioned seeing a guy from, well, a guy that's come through the Manchester Academy, the Storm Academy. It's going to be great. Like, Finn mentioned it on Premier Sports. We're about three years away from getting actual homegrown talent from Manchester playing for Storm. And when that day comes, I literally cannot wait. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be, yeah, this guy has actually come through. Our academy is one of us. He's one of our own. It's like, say, for example, in football, you look at like Marcus Rashford. All the good stuff he's done throughout this whole pandemic. It's like this is great. He's actually one of our own. He's from a council state of Wimminshaw. He's he's from Manchester. He's one of our own. It's great, but you want to have that pride in hockey as well.
1: But look at just from, another example, of your guys, the class of '92. All through that academy, became world stars, and I appreciate it's a different sport, but it's the same
2: ethos of through the academy, through that development. And the world was a Royster.
4: Yeah, um, just I agree with all you there. I mean, just two things in particular uh, that Joe mentioned about the net minding. One guy I think we seem to forget about a lot is Stephen Murphy. Looking at his stats and the things that he's achieved from playing in the BNL uh, from 1999 to 2003, I think it was, or 2007, until Edinburgh joined the league. You should look at the things that he's achieved in that time. So 1999-2000, uh, he was BNL champion, playoff champion, and a world junior bronze medalist. The following year, he gets called up to GB. This is a player who's been played, who also played the following year. In the BNL, I and mean, after time after time, he's been called up to the Great Britain team. And just looking at his honors as well, I mean, two thousand six seven, the first year they're in the league, of the Capitals British Netminder of the Year, uh, two thousand seven eight All Star Team for the World Championships. Again, the following year, British Netminder of the Year. Following year, British Netminder of the Year, the IHL All Star First Team. Best goals against Average of 2.24, best save percentage of 9.923, a playoff champion, and World Championship Division 1 be best goaltender. And this goes on and on and on, the amount of things that he's he's achieved all the way up until 2018-19, which is last season uh, with Belfast. Again, he finished as a champion. And for a, lo- a long time when he was with Belfast and Edinburgh, he's playing 50-odd games a season. And his stats are just incredible. And it makes you think, doesn't it, that there's only really two British debt-minders that you can think of has been given the chance that's bound. Obviously, Hull gave him that chance uh, after he was with steel dogs for, for a while. Uh, and obviously with... Edinburgh joining the Elite League after being in the BNL for a long time. And then Giants calling him up and just the incredible career that he's had over there. He he just shows you what can be achieved if you give these players a chance. It doesn't all have to be about imports and all that stuff, because you're going to get players, British players, that are probably going to be not even far under what some of the imports that they're bringing in. You know and you also mentioned about Paul Thompson and Liam Kirk. Say so now, if Paul Thompson given didn't give him a chance in Sheffield, then I don't think he'd have been drafted. Because it, it looked at, you know, the the EP EP as it was then, and and they've gone, Well looks pretty looks like a pretty easy league to me. You know, they've got these players that I've never heard of. You know, so what's background make them think? I mean, in his last year uh, with Sheffield in 2017-18 he played 52 games. 52 games and 16 points. That's not bad. At all. And of course, being caught to Great Britain he had uh, in the World Juniors in particular, he had uh, 14 points in 5 games with the under-20s. And just give these guys a chance. I mean, especially with Kirk and the success story of him, you'd think they have given more pathways to help continue this. But no, it's like, oh well Kirk has been drafted, great. No, I don't care about anyone else now. That's the sort of mentality that British ice hockey the minute has got and need to step out of it. Because it's doing no favours for the people that follow the sport. No favours at all. Yes, it's great to see, you know, Keaton Ellaby or um JJ Picnic, who has been obviously wrapping up the, um, uh, the ECHL over the last few years. You know, it's great to see them guys, but I think I'd rather see British players give them that chance. You know, I'd, I'd rather see Dundee win a championship. I'd rather see Guildford win a championship. I'd rather see Fife win a championship than just the same four year in, year out. And great. yes... Is, is your own team. You're going to want them to win, obviously. I mean, of course, we all want our own team to win everything. But it'd just be nice to see someone else win stuff for a change. And then we can go, you know what? Fair play to them. They deserve this. It's been a long time coming. Great for their fans. Because this is what they've not got a taste of. And now that they're part of this club, they can taste it. So... Honestly, I, I have no idea what British hockey playing at, given the history that we've got with those two in particular who, who have just been incredible in, in the UK. So just give other people a chance, for God's sake. You know, it's the proof is there on Elite Prospects. Murphy, Kirk, of what they can do if you give them that chance. The proof is there. Just bloody follow it
0: you missed one goalie off for me which was Stevie Lyle but if you look at his yeah. um, I mean it only really strengthens your argument more mate because in fairness if you look at his I think the times that, that that Steve Murphy didn't get British netminder of the year there must have been a million times that Stevie Lyle did as well that's I mean, a good point and I, I can't believe I missed him out but yeah I, in fairness he only flashed up in my head just towards the end of what you were saying, but no, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And there's another player in fairness to me, that's in the news at the moment. I, I say in the news, I mean, in the local news. So probably anybody outside of Sheffield might not have seen, but another player that's, that's been making headlines over the last couple of weeks has been Brandon Whistle and Fox in an interview has turned around and said, he's too good to be playing in the elite league. But the next minute he's back playing for Leeds again. And he's, you know, he's
4: even said that he don't want him to be in Sheffield.
0: It's the same as the Luke Ferrara thing again, but in a slightly worse time for it to me. I mean, the Luke Ferrara thing, from a Steelers perspective, and and Thompson under for letting Luke go. And to me, it was a logical move to let Luke go because at that point, you know, we had got a full quota of Brits. We weren't getting a full quota of Brits that were quite as close to the end of their career. And that's that's no disrespect intended to the Brits that we've got in our Brit pack now. You know, at that point, it was a case of there's no room on our roster. If he does, if he stays in Sheffield, he was going to be sat on the bench for 90% of the time. And Ferrara is the perfect example to show that actually, in that instance, letting him go to Coventry was the best thing we could have done. Best thing we could have done for the GB team, because letting him go to Coventry gave him all that ice time for him to then play. But is Brandon Whistle going to go and play for Manchester, or Dundee, or Fife? or teams that might be able to afford that that ice time more than, you know, the top teams. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to, to the aforementioned teams, other than, you know, we're talking the bottom bottom of the, the table teams, and I know there's a lot of season left to play. But, you know, at the end of the season, if we took the bottom half of the league and said, is Brandon Whistle going to go to any of them? The answer is probably no. Which means that Brandon Whistle is probably going to go the same way that a number of Brits have gone, and uh, it's gonna be oh yeah, he's really good, or he could break onto an elite league roster, but actually never really makes that break until it's too late. Um I can say what Hazel Downstone.
2: Yeah. This, this you know, this there's Brits that have done it. It's just happening less and less. Tetlow for me was
0: was you know, is another is another Brit. It's another perfect example of a Brit that came in as a young Brit, split his time a little bit between Nottingham and an NAHL team that I cannot remember which one. Um Can it with two. I think it's bracknell and Peterborough. Yeah. And now look at him, for me he's one of the top Brit D men in the league. You know? Ollie Betteridge. very fair you could probably pick a, you know, a handful of players from that Nottingham team. Will Curlin, in fairness has done a cracking job as their backup, I have to go hats off to Nottingham in that respect, that they have taken the plunge. And they, they mean that in no disrespectful way, and that's the kind of the stigma that's attached to playing a Brit, Brit netminder at the moment. But they've taken the plunge a couple of times to play Will Curlin in a couple of games and get that experience. And look at what it's done for them. It might not be in the most challenging games. It might not be in the most important games. Will Curlin's currently 2-0. You know, he's won both his games. He hasn't lost a game that he's played for Nottingham. Does that not really tell you all you need to know? The Steelers made it into the final of the Elite Series. There were only four teams. They topped the table of the Elite Series. Every group game of the Elite Series that contributed to them topping the table, they either had Churchfield or they had Warburton in there. John Muse didn't play until it got through to the semi-final stage. So the topping of the table, which was probably their best achievement out of the whole tournament, certainly we're not even going to talk about the final because that was just dreadful. But the topping of the table, which was their highest achievement, came at the hands of two Britannia minders. Not by their choice. Yeah, I don't know. We we could go on about this forever, gents. This is this is this is the problem with this kind of thing. I said it was going to be a can of worms, um, like a rabbit hole. It is. It well, is. holes are available, like clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> but no, gents. I mean, I you know, I I'm we could talk about this forever. We know that something's got to change, um, and something's drastically got to change. And the thing is as well, people don't realise that the. Let's say the stigma that's attached to it, the the concern that's attached to it, because that's what it is. It's people being concerned that if we put a Brit netminder in or if we play the younger Brits, we're not going to do as well. And OK, from a team that's expecting or that's expected <clears throat> to have that success. But the minute that one team takes that plunge, maybe not from a netminder perspective. We talked about the fact that a netminder perspective is a little bit of a different one because... It's not one player that's on the ice. It's, you know, you you, you want your, your netminder to be as solid as possible, and it is a big impact on the game. But even if we're talking about playing the younger Brits as outskaters, there's your demon and your forwards. The minute that Nottingham decide to start taking an extra forward and an extra demon that are Brits rather than imports, you're going to start seeing Belfast do the same, Cardiff do the same. Sheffield do the same. It's not even like it's the case of us saying, oh, we can't just afford other teams' points. We can't just start giving points out as charity because we want to develop players. It's not going to be like that. Because other teams are going to follow suit. And if they don't, you make it a league rule. It's baffling to me that we don't at least have a league rule, that you can only have one important netminder on the roster. Don't mind having two import netminders in the ranks. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. At least have one Brit netminder on the roster. You know, when you sit there and start a game against Cardiff, you've got two import netminders sat on the bench, and vice versa, because Cardiff will do the same. That's the part that for me is just
2: it doesn't sit right. And if COVID kicks in, like we all hope it doesn't,
0: you know, and we end up having some weird backwards elite series that seems so unnatural to us all because it's not an actual league. It's not a normal season. Or if even we end up having a season next year where we have increased Brit numbers because we can't afford to bring as many imports over. Because we can't afford to get the, the, the passports, the, the visa, the accommodation, the flights if there's not going to be a chance of a full-time league. Let's remember at that point that these are the same Brit players that we were turning away because they weren't good enough 12 months ago. But, you know, if anything goes pear-shaped, for whatever reason, we can't run the league at the capacity that we're running it at. It's those players that are going to save it. It's not your Keaton Ellabys, your Pickeniches, your Reinharts, your Beskarawarnis. I've just picked three Belfast players, I don't know why. You know, it's not your top import players. It's your Brits that are going to save this league if anything goes wrong. I think we just might need to remember that. Have we got anything else to add on Brits? As I say, I feel like we've opened a kind of worms, so it might be a, a prompt <coughs> idea to move on from that while we come.
4: Just one last little bit from me, which I, I don't understand a quote made uh, from the league as to why they have lowered the in, the, the Brit numbers this season is because they couldn't afford it. But they could afford to bring a 200-game NHL on a flight, on a wage that we can only imagine, really. They're one of the top paid in, in, in the country or the UK. But how could you afford that and not afford Brits who who don't expect as much, who don't need to fly over, who don't need accommodation? It's it's, it's just baffling to me.
2: I can't actually answer that. I mean, that's that's the thing
0: that... Because when we didn't have a, a league, and actually it's quite a nice position to be sat in being a Steelers fan if what... I mean, Simsie said it on the Steelers podcast that, that it was eight and two were the votes to reduce the the numbers. It was the, the two teams that didn't want it were the Steelers and the Devils, as far as Simsy said. Shock horror. Shock horror. If that is to be believed, I'm actually quite happy to be a Steelers fan right now because we're one of, the, one of the only two teams that actually said we don't want to reduce, reduce the numbers. But I, it makes no sense because the reason... The reason that the 2020 league didn't run. Was because even though we were coming out of lockdown, there was no guarantee we wouldn't end up in another lockdown. And what that would mean then is we'd have brought in players for a minority season. Like you say, pay for visas, flights, accommodation and everything else. So surely the answer to that, if anything, was to bring in more Brits this year just in case anything happens so that actually we're not paying through the nose for accommodation. We're not paying through the nose for flights and visas. If we've got that extra budget for wage, we put that on a better player. Because realistically, no matter how good that player is, they're going to cost the same in visas, accommodation and flights. So, do you know, if you've got a team like Nottingham, Cardiff, Sheffield, Belfast, one of the teams with a higher budget, you put that money into the wages for the the, the, the import players that we do get. So if anything, actually what you'd end up with is more British
2: and a higher quality import.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, I honestly can't answer that, mate. The logic is to say the logic is backwards is is probably the understatement of the year. Because It just makes no sense. I'm I'm sure Dave and Greff will say the exact same thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think, gents, unless unless we've got anything else to add on it, I think that,
0: that pro- probably is about the best heading that we can actually leave that on, because I think that just summarises the whole issue. Uh, I feel it's
1: a topic that's going to you can come back to time in, time out. Um, as that sounds, you could really do one episode just on that topic, because yeah. it, it it it's a changing subject. It develops, it moulds, <clears throat> it, it just comes back to the same questions time and time again, but yeah, I, th- I think I think we should
0: put a lid on it for now. I will be we'll, we'll give it four or five weeks. We'll revisit it. We, we usually do it about every four or five weeks, I think. Anyway, <laughs> um, the sad thing is that it's usually because it's been prompted by something like this. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to be able to talk about it just as a what would our ideal be moving forwards and not talk about it like oh another Brit's been wasted. But
4: N- I'll never change. No, no, you're right.
0: There'll there'll be a point in 10 years time when we sit there and go, I've told you about that. We said it every, every four episodes for a year on the podcast. (laughs) We told you, Um, but the time is not now.
1: I'll just end on this because it's kind of ideal because Denmark did the same thing many years ago. They made some drastic changes to their domestic structure and, and systems. And not only did they develop many players for their national side, in turn, that took them from a 1B, 1A nation to a regular at the top table of international hockey. You now see the number of Danish drafted players and Danish players in the show. And in fact, I want to say that the guy who scored the game and the goal for Washington to win the Cup was a Danish player, just by chance, I want to say. The number of Danish players you see now in the in the, the NHL all stem from changes to the domestic system. Domestic system, sorry, that allowed the local player to thrive, develop, and now you see Danish see Danish players in the, the SHL, KHL, the NHL. You see it; it happens. It's a great example.
4: Food it was Lars Eller, wasn't it?
2: Yes, yes, it were. Thank you, and I just mentioned it because obviously we're there next week. Yeah, no, perfect way of uh,
0: of segueing that. I think, yeah, I mean, I said, gents, I'm I'm happy to leave it at that and pop a lid on it for now, um, unless anybody's got anything else to add, I think we'll move on, try and get a bit more upbeat and a bit more positive now. Cause <laughs> I think I think all of us could uh, easily be very negative about this for the next hour, um. So we'll move on from that then, uh, as no one We'll jumps stay then. positive and test negative. <laughs> yes. I think you might have just named the podcast. That's the last title for tonight.
1: Yes, we have. <laughs> well done, Griff.
0: In fact, do you know what? Before we carry
2: on, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't forget. Yeah, leave
0: When I'm watching a Penguins game at 2am and it's finally up, the podcast's finally uploaded, and I don't have to message and say what are we calling it again. Um, <laughs> right, gents, the next thing that I've got written down is first impressions. So after trawling back through um, two episodes ago on on Spotify, because I've crossed out every week from the agenda and I couldn't honestly remember which teams we've done, I can now confirm. Currently, we've done Guildford, Cardiff. Sheffield, Dundee, Nottingham, Manchester and Coventry. That obviously leaves three teams to go. Uh, One of those teams we aren't going to touch just yet because they've played one game and it would be a little bit harsh to give them first impressions after just one game. Uh, So today we are going to do Fife and we are going to do Belfast.
2: Someone pick a team.
1: I'll pick Fife.
2: Go for it. Um I mean we'll all do it Yeah we will
0: we'll,
1: <laughs> We've we've watched them twice in Sheffield um and you know obviously highlights on the internet and, and everything. It they remind me in the moment of you know you see them them grand old buildings that aren't looked after that just decay. Bear, bear me when I'm saying this. <laughs> buildings that you know, famous. No, here, here, the, the 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 grand buildings in where in the world that's just left to rot. That used to be the focal point. Used to be you know such a grand thing. And I just get that feel with the Flyers at the moment. I just you know you look at them and you just go, this is a team that's 75 year old, but well, the oldest team in in the UK, in the UK British hockey.
2: And you just feel that they could. And with the history
1: and what they have, and and if anybody's been to Calgary, hockey is the be all and end all. The football team that does come second to that. You just feel like they they could do so much more. If they, you know the parts of them that they're just, just not connected. There's there's a, a massive disconnection between all the running parts of the Flyers that I feel. Um, what I'll say that you know you look at Todd here who is. A legend of the team, a legend of that town. And he gets them playing, even when they're losing badly, as we saw uh, the thing here, they still play the game. They're the right way. You know, they don't want to rough up things just because they're losing. They they still want to play positive hockey. And you just think they could do a, a lot more than they are. But you know, I mean, you look at the team. I mean, you know Shane Owen. We all know how how good he is as a netminder. We saw him in Sheffield. That's like Joe said, Greg Owen.
4: Oh yeah, of course. Hey, Next country player, Greg Owen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one, Greg Owen. Aye, <laughs> pulls off that great save. Didn't even go on the saves of the week. Poor old Greg Owen. But so they have, they have this, you know, they have that goal that can do things for them. And you look through the team. You know, Craig Peacock by McKenzie, um, Greg Chase, uh, Chase Schaber. plays, you know, a, a decent level and, and can do something for them. And you just, I always feel that, you know, five should be one of them teams that you kind of want to expect to see at the Final Four weekend. You know, the, the team with the history of, of hockey in, in that town. Um, I just every season you just think, yeah, something's not right. It's it needs a bit more tender loving care than all the other teams,
2: because if if they could get it right, I mean we've been we've all been to Kocare. When that building's full,
1: and they let you know that's that's their barn, there's probably no tougher place to play, and has been the graveyard for many title contenders. So they've got they've got the things there
2: for it. To be really, you know, up there the top teams in the country. But I just feel that, you know,
1: you like you, you like to see the Flyers do better than they are because you know what they could do. Probably the team that, when, if they actually do click and, and, and get on with it and become one of the top teams, you'd be like, I wish they was back to being <laughs> when they were before. But I, I just feel that the Flyers, and they've got it again. They've got the players, but there's just some something, something not right.
2: And I think, I'll say it now, I think they'll be one of the teams that misses the the quarterfinals of the playoffs. You, looking at it, you spot on with Todd. He's been there,
3: what, 22 years? Player and coach, yeah. Player and coach. That's just crazy to see it. You could say it's pretty much like... He lives and breathes five flyers, you could say, yeah. pretty much. And, yeah, their barn is... It's it's, a, it's very hostile when you go there. They can make you feel very intimidated at times. You're there with, like, two, three hundred people, and all of them are just around you. It's crazy. And you have some crazy moments up there like the pint throwing incident with Eric Nielsen. But they make you they make you say, yeah, this is our van. The one good thing about Fife so far is that their social media has upped his game a bit compared to the last season where it was a full season, but half 2019, where they were introducing the players, and that
2: was just a a gong show. So yeah, it is pretty, it's, I mean, to get players coming back after being
3: at the likes of Belfast, where you're winning titles there, or you're fighting for the title, getting to play in the CHL but then to go yeah I'm actually coming back to Kokodi it's it's got to be something good for them I'm sure they'll want their or the whole organisation as a whole to hopefully have more
2: conversations with each other and have more buy-in
4: yeah Far, far, arena is, is if, if the flyers are playing well, playing good hockey, uh, that that barn's rocking. I mean, there's many times I, I think we've all visited that arena, and uh, when they've scored a goal and just replaced, it was absolutely mental. Uh, so it's it's definitely a, a great atmosphere when the team are playing well. Uh, th- this season, though, I, I I don't know. There's just a lot missing from this team. Uh, I I say they're missing Chase Shaber. Uh, among many of the players who have played over the last couple of years. Uh, we're just not the same team at all. Um and look at the Roster right now, uh Yuri he played pretty well last season, uh rating quite quite highly. Uh James Isaacs as well. Uh I think he's under underperformed so far this season, you now With he's been at five last four four or five years and um uh, j just, just seems to be missing out there at the minute. Uh, Matt Carter, a great addition to the Flyers. I think he's one of the uh, top point scorers at the minute. Uh, played for Dundee and Nottingham previously. Uh, he has five points in seven so far this season. Uh, and in terms of uh, British talent, we've got Richard Croft, who I believe he played for Guildford a few times last season. So that's, that's a good addition. hope they'll give him the ice time that he needs. Uh yeah. Uh, not a great roster so far, you know. Um Shane Owens he's he's definitely kept them. He he's kept them where they are now to they actually are picking up points because without without him, they're absolutely nothing. And it's really disappointing for for a Flyers team because we've seen them have seasons where they play fantastically and uh, really given everyone are great in hockey no matter who you, who you support it's always been great to, to watch them play good hockey and, and and that's what you want but so far this season really really disappointing for me um yeah
0: yeah it's, it's a bizarre one for five isn't it I mean in the nicest way possible they turn up and you expect to get the points and granted it's not always the case Gref um you guys got the 8 goals. Cardiff Obviously. fans know this as well. Yeah, exactly Exactly what I was going to say. You know, they've got the 3-1 win against Cardiff. They're not a team to write off, and there's not a team in the league that you can write off. I mean, a big, big reason for this team, like we've already said, that you can't write them off is Shane Owen. Um, you know, he's got a 3.45 goals against and a 91.72 save percentage in the league this year, which, considering how poorly they've been playing, not bad stats. Um, Craig Peacock currently their third highest point scorer in the league. And with the number of teams that Peacock's played for and his age now, he shouldn't be one of their top point scorers. There's no disrespect intended to him, but he shouldn't be one of their top point scorers. Um in the league, there are two players on their roster that don't have a minus, plus, minus. Two players. Those two players are on zero. They don't have a single player in the positive. Um, You know, I feel for Fife. If, you know, they've got a great fan base. They've got a great old-school arena. There's a very old-school feel to the team as a whole. And a lot of history, like you guys have already said. And I do feel for them because it, it isn't an easy time. What I hope is that we're not seeing a similar decline to what we saw with the Capitals. I, I don't think we are. But I hope Fife can bring this back and start contesting again because i want to see five being able to be that 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 dark horse coming into the playoff quarterfinals and semi-finals you know um but yeah not not much more i can add gents just a disappointing team that i hope if they don't improve this year i hope they can bring some improvements to it next year because they are they are a great team to play greff might disagree um But, you know, like we say, there's a lot of history, a lot of old school feel about them. This team just falls flat. I mean, Dave, you and I were saying in particular on that Wednesday game when we ended up winning the 6-0, we were both talking at the end of the game about how shocked we were that it wasn't as boring as we expected it to be. Um, You know, we were both expecting it to be a really flat Boring game, and that was before it even started. That was just on the basis that we were playing Fife. We knew we were probably gonna win convincingly, and we just expected it to be a completely unentertaining game. Ended up ended up being a testing <laughs> game. And they got a, a, an applause off the ice.
1: And a team that you rarely see a team lose 6-0 and actually be applauded off from the home fans. Yeah. And it went a sarcastic applause. It was a genuine applause of do you know what? Yeah. <clears throat> We've done a number on you. You've actually played OK. You've you've kept to playing OK. You
2: you tried being competitive. You didn't give up. And you get respect for that. Yeah. Anything else to add on Fife? I think, I mean, I agree with you, Dave. I think we
0: probably all agree that if we were going to pick a team to not make the quarterfinals for the playoffs this year, we all agree that Fife are probably that team. I know, Dave, you've already said it,
2: but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that for me is, I can't see them making anything above that line. see shaking heads, so that's fine. We'll, let, we'll move to Belfast, um, which I think is,
0: is going to be a bit of a chalk and cheese moment. I mean, I think we probably consider the game against Sheffield as a bit of an anomaly in terms of how much of a blowout game it was, but a bit of a short, chalk and cheese comparison, I think, doing five and Belfast on the same episode. Um, I'll throw it straight over to you guys.
2: They as Belfast do, they brought some
3: pretty big names to the signing board. It's going all right, so far, it? I mean, bringing in Scott Conway after me, Dave and Andy, sorry I'm at the Olympics, was pretty good. I think he even got players play at the tournament as well from the supporters group as well, which was, you just knew how long he'd been in playing in the States was great. Bringing back Whistle, I'm not too sure on that one, but then again, he'd been to you guys, been to Panthers. I don't really think he'd go to Cardiff. it was only one option, really. I mean, he is a. On his day, he is a pretty stellar goaler. Most of the players out there, they're pretty decent. It's weird not seeing them at the moment. Like, not. Looking at the. Well, looking at the stands at the moment. I mean, granted, they haven't played that many games in the league. But you're seeing then that actually being higher than ourselves. but
2: so, well, I do think they will actually be in the top four at least. You 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 know what you get with Belfast.
1: They are, and they've, again they've got a team that are going to compete for the league. Um, and like I said, best Guarany <laughs> whistle. Uh, two goalies that will that can, you know, win them games. Um and they'll give them the, the balance when it comes to the end of the season. Um we all know what Ben Lake can do. Uh Kieran Long if he's given the the relevant ice time. We've already seen what he can do. So they've got the players, as, as ones you mentioned, Gref. You yeah. know, <coughs> Lewis Hook is is a Brit that I, I feel' underrated, if I'm honest. Um I think at the moment, though, but Belf- Belfast seems to be struggling on the road. They've already lost games, whether the cup or league, Dundee, Manchester, and ourselves. Now, okay, very good result uh, a couple of weeks back in Nottingham, but to already lost three, um, and the, did they lost in Cardiff as well? Yeah. said Right. So to already lose to your rivals so early in the season in terms of not being able to counterbalance it it's, it it's what we said in terms of the British discussion, it's behind the eight ball and they'll now need to put in a run just to get balance, so I still think they'll do it and they, they've got the team to do it um, and we all know that
2: have they given themselves already some a bit too much to do but I you know they'll compete for all three pieces of silver
4: Looking for the roster, they've got a lot of depth in this roster. Um It's 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 also good to see that they've actually given um, well, say given a chance none of them none of them have given a chance to play a game yet, but in terms of signing wise, like how they actually have um two new um Northern Irish born players on their roster, and that is Kel Beatty and uh Rob Stewart the assistant coach for the Giants his son Mac Stewart so it's great to see that they've been signed hopefully they get a chance to play uh which we'll have to wait and see uh but I think they've already played,
1: they in played in, in the
4: college yeah oh it 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 says they've played no games yet on end of league
3: they have not if he's the league, over, yeah
4: Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully they get, get a chance in the league as well. But yeah, very good, very good uh, roster, especially addition of Griffin Reinhardt. I mean, that's a fantastic signing right there, uh, especially when it comes from uh, the Isalon in uh, Germany. But again, just, just some good pe- pedigree players on this team, uh, one. Brit as well who's lined up will be Scott Conway. He's got eight points in six games. Uh again that's another player who who's had to go overseas to develop because there was no chance here. Uh his he first start playing for the Nottingham Cougars in juniors before moving to America uh, to develop and look at him look at him now. I mean what a sign he's been for Belfast. Uh it's great to see Ben Lake back as well. I thought had a great season with Belfast first time around, so yeah. They've got a fantastic team this, this season um, and yeah, just just a very strange, not the sort of team that looks like they'd lose to Sheffield 7-1, but hopefully that's just a, that's just a one-off and uh, we get to see what this roster can really do going forward.
0: I don't hope it was a one-off, I want to see it again, it was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> No, I agree, though no, boys. I mean this, this, to me they have the best team on paper straight away, I'll say that outright. Um Conway, like you guys have all picked him out. Uh what we've not spoken about is his Challenge Cup stats. Eight games in the Challenge Cup, fifteen points. Averages nearly two points a game in the Challenge Cup. Six six goals, nine assists. Uh David Goodwin also eight games, fifteen points in the Challenge Cup. And then picking it, twelve points from eight games in the Challenge Cup. This, you know, they're absolutely killing it in the Challenge Cup. Rocky start in the league might bite them as it comes to the latter end of the season. Um, as a Sheffield fan, who hopes to be in the mix as well, I hope it does bite them towards the latter end of the season. Um, but no, there's no doubt in my mind. He's gonna, these guys are going to be contending for a top spot in the league. Rowani and Whistle, you know, probably the best goalie one-two in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we say, Griffin Reinhardt for me, I didn't notice him. And, you know, I know he's a D man. Um, you know, in terms of his plus minus, he's not going negative in the elite in the league or the or the Challenge Cup. He's put up a couple of points on the board. I don't know. I wonder if he's going to be another Liam Redox, the the star signing that doesn't do a great deal. Um, but I mean, there's enough people on this roster to start doing stuff to to make up for that. Uh, Darcy Murphy, six games in the Challenge Cup No points Um, Let's have a look at his league stats Four games, one point Four games, one point Darcy Murphy probably been the most underwhelming signing for them so far Given how well he did last time I know I'm underwhelmed because I've got him on my fantasy team So I'm a bit disappointed with that But um, yeah, I mean this, make no mistakes, this team is going to be up there when it comes to it. Like we say, a rocky start to the league. 3-2 loss to Cardiff to, to to start off the league campaign. They come back, get a 5-3 win against Coventry. Then they get the 3-0 loss against Manchester. But then they turn that around, go and play in Nottingham and beat them 5-0 in their own building. Uh, then a 7-1 loss against the Steelers. And then they go and take a quite a, a, a close fought battle against the, the clan with a 3-2 win. So it seems like they're on a bit of a lose-win, lose-win, lose-win kind of trend at the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll be breaking out of that shortly. Sunday's their next league game against Dundee, in Dundee. So we'll see how that one goes for them. But yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. These guys will be contesting for all of the silverware on offer this year. Um, No doubt in my mind about that. Anything else to add on Belfast? I think, I think we're, you know, pretty sure. I thought strong. you would have mentioned Kevin Rain. I really like Kevin Rain. Um In fairness, I've said it before, the one player missing from this roster for me is, is Jordan Smotherman, because he was another player that I really liked that played for Belfast. Um, I was expecting you to say Jonathan Furland then. Jo- well, Jonathan Furland, is, this is the thing that Belfast have had so many great players with them over the last few years, but I do like Kevin Rain. probably is my favourite player on this roster from from previous seasons. I'd love Pat to see Dwyer. Pat Dwyer, yeah. Another another one. I honestly we could go on for ages about some of the players that, that Belfast have had. It's it's crazy. Same for Cardiff really. Um there's 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 quite a clear trend as to why Cardiff and Belfast have been winning so wherever over the last few years. Um and like I said, yeah, I, I've no doubt that they're going to be doing that this year as well. Kevin Reid's actually one of their top point scorers in the league at the minute. Three points from six games. Six penalty minutes.
2: Yeah.
0: My favourite player for them. But I did like some of them. Um, anything else to add? I'm seeing shaking heads. So, <laughs> the next thing I've got written down might be another kind of worm. So, we're going to restrict this uh, considerably to the topic at hand. Uh, social media, our favourite topic. Um, yeah, the reason that we've got this on is primarily for club social media use. We will restrict it to that because if we start getting onto fan social media use, we'll be recording until we get on the plane next Wednesday. So, um, still yeah. we'll recording then? Well, exactly, that's what I mean. We'll be recording until we get on the plane and afterwards. We'll on, yeah. Yeah. Afterwards. um. I'm just going to throw it straight over to you guys. I think the primary reason we added this was just a, a lack of professionalism in one particular team's social media, um, and I'll let you guys do the actual rundown of that because, yeah, it just baffles me. Can you guess who it is? I'll
1: uh, yeah? I'll I'll start by asking a question. Are, are we playing Cardiff or are we playing Coventry this weekend at home? Um, are we playing on the Saturday or are we playing on the Sunday?
2: 7pm? 7pm? 4pm? Um, I know that we'll, we'll word it politely
1: if you're going to do the job do it right even you when do it, you do put it. the graphic I... on that has the right team and the right time now if if any of the club still just listens to this and goes, Well, they're trying the best and it's all that stop there.
2: Basic things, opposition, date, basic information has to be run.
1: Has to be. And unfortunately we've seen two examples.
2: Once you can kind of go, Okay, mistakes happen, people are human. Twice. That's either Doing it on purpose to get a reaction, which if it is, line crossed never to return again. A horrible phrase, but put all of the social media in the bin. Um and you just whether you're a volunteer or you're paid for a professional team, which all the teams in the elite league are meant to be professional teams, make sure that image on the social media is correct. Make sure your information's correct. And if you can't, get the people who can do it. Free or paid. But we're seeing a bit too much of it. And if the person's
1: unable to, for whatever reason, support him. Get the people in, involved to do that. Don't be scared of not having or being the only person with all the knowledge. And know at certain clubs, knowledge is currency. You know, screw it. Get the people in. Get a team of people who are forward-thinking. Understand
2: the room. Tweet as you are in the 21st century. And you've got a product there. You look at companies in different sports, different businesses, different... Make sure it's on point. And even some of them are volunteers in different industries.
1: Easily be done. Easily be done. But we've just seen a bit
2: too much of it not being done. So, can we have better, please? I'm going to go with probably not, when you've seen (laughs) what's gone on there. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I mean, the first time you do it, fair enough, you've made a mistake even though it's it's there on the picture for you. You've made the mistake. Let's do it a second time. It's like, right, come on. First time, OK. Second time, you're actually doing this just to, to take the mic up, we'll say. In the PG world. It's stupid. I mean, there's been other teams that have made blunders but they've only done it once and then they've gone right we've made we've, we've made a mistake here here's the correct thing and there you go never be t- to be told again you don't try and do it several hours later on the same day
2: it's ridiculous you wouldn't even do it on your own twitter account or
3: facebook account or even on like whatsapp you wouldn't text your mate go oh yeah and then go three hours later oh yeah i'll make the same joke
2: again like come on now you especially when you're a professional club i said before with the the whole the with the british players as such needs need to get better It's
4: an absolute gong show. I mean, not only do you have the graphic that says all the information that you need, but I'm sure you'd also have a schedule with you as well for your own. Obviously, if you're doing it, whether it's voluntary or working for the club itself, you always have a schedule with you so that you know when the games are so you can work stuff around it. That's what someone in these clubs do or have on them when they're in this sort of position. I just... I I don't get it. I mean, once, fair enough, I get it. We all do it. We all make mistakes. We all get things wrong. But when it's a common trend, you know, that there's something something amiss. And for a professional club, you just expect better. And from now on, I do expect better. I... I want to see Alex back. I'll be honest with you. I want to see Alex back, but yeah, you know, because they're not not prepared to um, give him the things that he needs. He's, he's not going to come back. He's also so, a bigger and better things, mate. Oh yeah, absolutely. In his uh, his work yeah. life. So yeah. And, and that's no surprise, is it? Because he he's actually got brain cells compared to the people that are doing it now. I'm I'm I'm, I'm saying that. I'm sorry. But I mean, come on absolutely ridiculous. I'd rather see Norma to take over. She'd do better. She'd do a lot better, I'm telling you. So, please Norma, listen, in. go up to him and, and just give it a shot. You'll do amazing. No, you will.
2: I don't even know what to say now. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the thing, you guys have
0: already said it. The first mistake is a mistake. It's daft... You've got the thing at the bottom, the graphic, that says the time, the date, the team. Okay, you've tweeted the wrong thing. Probably in the process of tweeting to say that we're playing on Saturday against Nottingham. Probably got your tweets mixed up. Whatever. Fine. Draw a line under it. To do the same thing just after. I honestly think it was done as a wind-up. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't know why we're trying to wind up as own fans, because that's who I think... Is the, are the key people to wind up. Because quite frankly, the, the, the key reason that we're all picking up on this and saying it's ridiculous, it's not good enough, voluntary or paid, as you guys have already said, we're a professional club that's having nine other teams in our league laughing at how gong show our social media can be. That's the key thing. It's not us taking the mick out of the social media. It's almost us taking objection to the fact that other teams are being gifted the opportunity to take the mick out of our social media. Meanwhile, we're trying to put out this we're the most successful club in Britain. Oh yeah, would you know we're going to win the league, we're the best team in sliced bread, but we can't tweet out who we're playing at the weekend. Um, I honestly think, as I said already, that it's an attempt to wind people up. The same person who I think is behind that is the person who constantly at the moment makes comments on the Steelers podcast about the fact that, oh, our fans are happy. Our fans are happy. Why are we doing a, a club podcast and slagging off his own fans? Now, don't get me wrong. You're not wrong that our fans are really happy. You're not wrong that our fans, just like I'm sure the Manchester fans, Cardiff fans, Belfast fans, five fans will do when we had a crap game, Will go out on Twitter and comment about how crap the game was. But I'm pretty sure the Manchester social media, the Belfast, the Cardiff, the Fife, whoever else social media aren't calling their own fans out for it. And that's the part that for me there's one there's a podcast a few weeks ago where we actually referred to our own fans on an official club podcast as Fickle. Again, you're not wrong. But you don't need to say it again it's just fitting into this i don't know old boys club, the people that are taking objection to it in the new age that have got issues with the way we do things i don't know it it doesn't sit right um but yeah back back to the on on topic issue um it's it's just ludicrous it's just, it's just silly proofread simple as that. I've done it before. I mean, I liked a tweet of Gref's the other day and I liked it on the podcast Twitter instead of my own. The first thing I did was notice it and instantly unlike it, you know, and that, that's something really, really minor. I We get, you know, I'm sure we've all got access to multiple Twitter accounts for various things and you all have access to the Knights account, Dave, likewise. You know, we, sometimes a tweet will pop up and you'll click on it because it'll say I recommend a recommended tweet and you'll not realize it's taking you onto one of the other accounts or something like that. And it takes a second to go, oh, okay. But even that, you look at it. You know, you always read your tweet before you send it, surely. And surely there's a part of you that goes, no, that's not right. Particularly when you already make the error. If anything, you read it another three times because you've made the error. Is this going to open us up to more ridicule? No, everything's okay. Right, I'll click send tweet. I don't know. Professional club that can't tweet out their own fixtures, that slug off their own fans. I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. See, if it's... You could, at one stage where
3: it gets too much with the slugging off of their own fans and you you then get fans not turning up the games. That's you guys losing
0: money. Exactly. Exactly that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you know what the thing is when a fan puts out their opinion on the Orange Army page or Twitter or whatever, and someone objects to it, the instant response to someone objecting or giving an alternative view is it's my opinion. You can't tell me that I'm wrong. And yet we've got the club turning around and telling fans that they're wrong just to amuse people just to make a joke that a little in-crowd will will laugh at. I don't know. It, it, like you said, to me, it's just going to act as a deterrent. It's just going to put people off from supporting
4: the club. Um, and I just can't get behind that. It's been a few times, even, even myself, uh, in terms of nights, I've, I've posted uh, happy birthday messages on my personal... I can't rather next one. You know, I've 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 done it and I've noticed it and I've I've changed that. I've put it on the right account. So we all do it, but it's just I've sort had of a lot of time to notice it. Yeah, and it's
2: just it's just really strange. I just can't I can't work it out. They've yeah,
4: also uh, started posting a lot of uh, NHL stuff. Which is great. I'm awful. It's, it's different, but when it's during the week. A lot of people won't have time, or to watch the games, obviously, because it's at strange times when people are working. The next day, so. Uh.
0: Yeah, I do like a lot of that. Like, who do we think is going to win tonight? Subscribe to Premier Sports so you can watch the game, and I sit there and think the game's at one a.m. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> who who do you think is going to win between Seattle and Vegas tonight? watch the game tonight if you subscribe it's 3 a.m. face-off. Wow. I mean you've just tweeted one now
3: live <laughs> at 12:30 30 a.m. will be at NHL Bruins v Edmonton Oilers on Premier Sports TV. Hope you will be watching.
4: Yes because I start work at seven in the morning so yes I will definitely be watching that. No.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie.
4: I have all full intention of watching
0: the Penguins game tonight, but that's 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 by the by. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't
2: know.
1: In the kind of defence, it could also be a contractual thing with Premier Sports like, so that they promote. Hmm. So it, it could be possible that that's what they're doing it for. It mixes it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, it does kind of. You look at, if you look at on on just on on the face value, it's like
2: okay. Yeah, because many people are going to do that when they're going up for seven for work. But yeah. <laughs> Have we got anything else on social
0: media? James again going to save another can of worms. So I'm, I'm conscious that we could, it's another one we could put a lid on. I've seen shaking heads again. Next thing on the agenda is very exciting topic for us to be going on to. Um. It involves a plane. And a train. It involves some immensely designed by Andy tour t-shirts. It involves involves uh, drinking a hell of a lot of subpar lager. Um, it is, of course, the Conti Cup. I'm going to throw it over to Dave, because when we said we were going to talk about the Conti Cup, he said, give me 10 minutes to prep. So, Dave, I'm going to throw it straight over to you, mate. I need 10 um, minutes
1: to pronounce out some of these teams. So, yeah. Um, Steelers. County Cup. Next week, tomorrow, will be the first game. Yeah, boy. Um, so, memory says right. We face the host, Alborg, first off. Then we play Olip Riga on the Saturday. And then HK Gommel on the Sunday. Um, basically, finishing the top two you make it to the Connolly Cup Super Final, which is becoming a bit of a tradition for British teams. Uh, Regularly now making an appearance. I I remember in 2009, 2010 season, when the Steelers made the Connolly Cup Super Super Final. And it was the first time since the Grand Slam year where, where the London Knights made the final. And then it was a few years, and then the Panthers did it. And from then on, you now see whichever British team enters actually makes the final, whether it's the Panthers I've done it twice in recent history: Steelers and um, the Giants. Oh, geez, I Coventry. I, don't, I think I don't think Coventry made the Super Final in recent history. I don't th- I don't think they have. If they have, I apologise. Um, so um, it's, it's now becoming the thing for the British team. Again, it's another thing that shows the strength of the league, where you're now thinking the British team should make the final of the Connacht Cup. The benefit of, of making the Conte Cup Finals, if you win that, you get a space in the CHL, and we all want a trip to the CHL. Um, Especially like- Salzburg. But- Salzburg, Bolzano, Okay, Frisk Asker. No, they can't because Norway put us in the same pot as the emerging, um, emerging leagues. Look, don't so really- they this- that, so looked at uh, the team and, and the teams are going to play and just a few of the top players to watch out for. If For those who aren't going to Denmark and watching the, um, I believe there's some streams um, I hope it's available. Oh, oh. Um, I, I think they could even be free, but let's not guarantee that. Um, HK Gommel from uh, Belarus. Um, they look like they've got a couple of guys who can score points. Um, keep an eye out for uh, Timmy Yov. 30 points so far. Um, Remizov, uh 28 points. Oh, there's a lot of Novs, Vovs, traditional Eastern European Russian names. Uh, Mikhnov, uh, 25 points. So, forwards who was going to do some, oh, has been doing damage in the league so far for Gomel, fourth in their domestic table. Uh, the goals we've been playing a lot for them Sergei Bromikov, uh, 16 games, 2.08 goals against with a 0.943 save percentage. Alexei Mirzlov, who I suspect will be the backup for the, in the tournament, 10 games, 1.87, same, uh, same percentage, 0.943. Um, they have a bit of experience in the KHL. Um, players who have played for, Dynamo Minsk and um, Dynamo Riga. But you never know with the Belarus teams. Sheffield just have, we have history with Belarus. It's only one team, it's Yunos Minsk. Um, and before the CHL, one of the best teams I'd ever watched play hockey. Tall, fast, physical, skillful the job lot. Um, hopefully, these aren't as good as them because we never got past, we never got around them. Uh, both twice in the super final, once in the semi final in 2018. So, who knows? Alip Riga, we'll move on to the qualifiers from the quarter final. Um, their points go they're fifth in their table out of seven teams. Uh, Alexis Sirokov's 11 points, their captain. Um, Mikolas Redlis, 10 points, and Edish Brahmanis, 7 points. Um, they're actually, sorry, I didn't write the name down, but their top goal and point scorer in the, the quarterfinal was one of the defenders. So I think that's a team that may not pull up many trees, but they've got firepower in both the forwards and defence. Uh, they're net-minded. Um Andre... Bonch Brevich, uh seven the, the lack of it detail, but so seven games, point nine two zero save percentage. Collis Zakrevskis uh has played four games for them, uh domestically in a point eight seven oh uh, save percentage. So that's who will face uh Elip Riga and then Alborg, who are top of the Danish league, um and doing quite well. Um points wise, Patrick Bjorkstrand, 10, uh, 22 points. Tobias Ladhoff, uh, 21 points. Uh, Julian Jakobsen, 19 points. Uh, so players are there to, to keep it on. I suspect they're going to go with uh, George Sorensen, who's played all bar one game domestically. Uh, 2.1 uh, goals against, 9.907 save percentage. If you, looking at the stats of these teams and the way the Steelers have played so far this year, I would. Be confident that the Steelers will finish in the top two. Whether they'll win the group, I don't know. But they only need to make the top two, make the super final and go from there. But um, I'm I'm safe. If if you're not heading out to Alborg, playing trains and automobiles, as it's uh, not the easiest of trips, um, I believe there are streams. And maybe, I don't know if I saw it on Twitter somewhere, there could even be some Rodeo Sheffield commentary if there's. No streams, but they all around so far the County Cup via the double HF have had streams of some description. So there should be some way of watching the Steelers hopefully make it um to the super final for the third time and that they would be then the um the British
2: team with the most appearances in the County Cup super final. I like how nannies have mentioned that you'll see me in an orange t
1: shirt. We was gonna have that as like a surprise. It'd be like one of the first <laughs> Instagram stories. Uh in orange again.
0: I'm gonna enjoy this Instagram live. <laughs> Far too much. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bear bearing mind we've got the trip to the airport, we've got time at the airport, we've got the train journey there and back. Yeah. You're gonna see a lot of Instagram
2: live, a lot of um, stories, the job lot. That's That's going to be reason. Reason. I'm yeah. disappointed with other categories I'm not going to lie. What do you mean
1: he's eleven? <laughs> by the way, we, we we actually got told off um, by one of the listeners. Uh, we we mentioned a bit of the story from the last trip uh, to Denmark. Um, good, it's good morning now. Good morning, Dom. Um, that is a story that is a live audience only, it's a bit risqué. Um, uh, try and keep the material to a PG audience. Uh, so if we ever do, maybe maybe do a, I don't know, playoff weekend one, ask for that story. We'll happily tell it where it's not recorded.
2: i go on Instagram Live. Could do, yeah. No, it should be a good one, boys. It's going to be nice to
0: get the podcast officially on tour. Uh, we might not be doing a podcast whilst we're on tour, but like we say we'll be doing a lot of Instagram live content as far as we're uh, as we can foresee. Uh Gref in a nice orange t shirt. Uh top marks to Andy on the design for the logo for the uh for the tour t shirts, by the way. Um uh,
2: Yeah, I'm job,
0: buzzing man. for this one boys. Um Carlsberg, the only negative that we could think of so far, but we could put that behind us, that's fine. Um Christmas Tuborg no, no. It's just because it's Christmas does not make it better. It's not even Christmas yet. Oh, yeah, that no. well, yeah, that's a, <laughs> a, that's a separate issue, ref. I said, just wait until you try this this Christmas tubeorg, mate, and you'll you will see the horror. Yeah. Is this in the Irish bar. The Irish bar that opens until 5 a.m. Correct. It has yes, to be said. Credit to Greff as well, by the way. I mean, credit to Dave for arranging the flights, accommodation, trains, et, le- literally everything. Um, Absolutely, Thank also, you, as, as, as far <laughs> as the planning head goes, Greff seems to have worked out the, the the location of pretty much everything we could possibly need in our he's, Copenhagen. He's brought his GB game to the to the County Cup, mate. I will
1: tell you now, I've 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 been on the receiving end of the benefit that Greff does the work. You guys have now seen it. So, uh, yeah, he, top marks, Graf.
0: He was messaging me about Halloumi burgers in the train station. He doesn't even eat cheese. He just let me know that they sold Halloumi burgers in the train station. I was OK. I think of the everyone. Definition of team player I, Oh, 100%. 100%. I will also give him credit as well, by the way. He directed us to a very good kebab shop in uh, in, in Manchester last week. Just, Just saying
3: the best place to go to after a
0: night in Satan's.
4: Yeah, it can't on. be Caroline Street though, can it? No, it
0: can't be Caroline. No, that kebab shop on Caroline Street, whoa! <laughs> you um, the one thing I do have to say boys, sorry, just before we carry on about Connie Cup I've just spoken about this kebab shop and I want to see if everybody agrees with me that, that Gref's a psychopath because Gref orders his kebab with no sauce. I don't. And I, I, can't, I can't get behind that. It's, it's got to have garlic sauce on it.
2: I don't. You know not what? Have saw on the What?
4: I don't eat cabos, yeah. but I can't say anything.
2: You're on your own
0: there, Joe. I was expecting a much, much more Oh, I don't even know. Anyway, I'm gonna edit that bit, I don't know. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> stop.
0: <laughs> stop. Wait. Sorry because so, so, I'm too lazy to edit. Um anyway, yeah, sorry, back to cut it Cup.
2: Yeah,
1: if you see us in his orange T-shirts, come and say hello. Come and tell us how much rubbish you listen to. Um, if you do listen to us, let us know. Be nice. If you don't listen to I us. Know there's one, I know there's two people who are listening who are going. Um, I know Craig and Ryan are going.
0: Craig's, uh, going.
1: Craig's going. Ryan's going. Um, if you're listening, Ryan, I hope you take your gloves. It's going to be cold. Just one. Just one. You don't take one, get take two this time. ceremonial glove. Again, another story for a live broadcast. Um, yeah, now I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's given everything that's happened over the last eighteen months. It's going to be great to to go away watching hockey. and uh, share it with your guys. That's going to be it's going to be an experience now, isn't it. Too right. Dream team. But look, I'm looking forward to the fan zone. Good vibes. Good vibes. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You'll have to find out when we do the next pod, or if we end up talking about it on Instagram Live. If I actually, I wouldn't be surprised well, if Joe actually puts it on from the fans. some tone.
2: good vibes on Instagram yep.
0: Live. All I can say is Ben needs to be really happy right now that I didn't know how to work Instagram Live when we went to Denmark last time.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if dancing to um, what was it? Keep on moving. Yeah, and that, yeah, to keep yeah. on moving on Instagram Live would have gone down a storm. So, uh,
1: you
0: got the yeah. gif though, didn't you? You, got, you created the gif out of it. I got the video, yeah, and I created a gif with it. So, yeah. That in my back pocket, but can you imagine that on Instagram Live? Oh, that would have been amazing. Either that or a boomerang of him playing floor, uh, like floorball floor or whatever it was, ball hockey. <sighs>
2: have we got anything else on County Cup, gents? Yeah. see you out right there, guys. Yeah, looking forward to it. and uh,
4: yeah, much better. I proud. get to wear my tent as well. You are, I get to wear my tent. I, oh, yeah, hold on. That this is 5XL jersey. jersey that I've somehow ordered. I don't know how I've done that, <laughs> but I have.
0: I can't remember how you managed, I didn't even realize they made 5XL jerseys.
4: Well, the problem is with Steelers store is that every jersey you go on automatically go, automatically selects five XL. And because I, I was, yeah. I was looking at a jersey and I, I just missed it. I absolutely missed that. Yeah. I, ugh, weird. My, can I just say my jersey that I've ordered is five XL. So can we have less grief
1: about the five XL jerseys? <laughs> no. Some of us want to like wear jerseys with comfort. You know, not all of us want like jerseys. Either to wear to watch or play hockey, very snug and tight, and uh, you know, shows off all the curves, for want of a better phrase. You yeah. know,
0: so let's have less grief about the five XL shirts. Honest to no, God. This is Andy, who
4: <laughs> is a midget. <laughs>
0: so... <I> mean,
1: <laughs> large is probably too big on you. What's XL's that? all right, it's,
4: what are XL? it's just, it, it, it'll be a 90 on me, so.
1: Wrap it round you, mate. Uh, where, in fact, get a belt. We'll buy you a belt, and you can wear it as a, like a like a one piece outfit, mate.
4: I thought maybe like a cape, just tie it around my neck a little bit, and then wears it a cape. So, sorted.
1: No Not all
0: human. you not all heroes wear capes, mate. What I want to know is, is it going to be? A, is it going to touch the floor when you're wearing it?
4: Probably, just.
0: I really hope so. <laughs> wow. What uh, else? some quality cup, gents. Now that we've discussed Andy's five XL jersey. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, as of now. Um. What else have I got? Predictions. We're going to finish off with Stafford stats. So we'll go predictions first, boys. Um. Who's running through him this time? Shall I run through him? How did we go on last week? Oh, yeah. I forgot about last week. Uh, Andy was out of 16 because you forgot to tell him two fixtures. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Andy. Uh,
2: got four out That's of all right. So, yeah, he That's got
0: four out of 16. Um, Gref came. Well, if we're Klaas and Andy are separate, Gref came last with six. Uh, I came second with seven, and Dave you took the win with nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not a, not a bad result. You were the only one that got a result right last week. So yeah, and of all results, result. of all results, yeah, I'm going to say of all the results to get right. Um, yeah, shall I run through them? The fixtures. So, so we'll go Challenge Cup first, then we'll go on to League. um So, Challenge Cup on Saturday, we've got Nottingham Sheffield in Nottingham.
2: Sheffield five two. We're on almost similar wavelengths there. I've Sheffield five three. I'm uh, going Steelers four two. And I'm going Steelers four three. Uh, Cardiff Guildford in Cardiff. Guildford four three. Whereas I put Cardiff four three. Guildford three two. I've gone Cardiff three one. Uh, and Sunday Manchester Nottingham in Manchester. Panthers 5-4. Panthers 4-1. Uh, Nottingham 4-3. Uh, Nottingham 5-2. Uh,
0: league uh, on Saturday, Manchester Dundee in Manchester.
2: Manchester 4-1. Manchester 5-2. Manchester four two. I've got Dundee four three. Oh. Oh. Uh, and we have got five Coventry in five. Coventry five one. I've got Coventry four three in overtime. Oh. Coventry three one. Uh, Coventry four two. Uh, And Sunday, Sheffield Cardiff in Sheffield. Sheffield 5 3. Sheffield 3 2 in overtime. Sheffield 4 3 in overtime. I've got Cardiff
0: 3 2 in overtime. Uh, Dundee, Belfast in Dundee
2: on Premier Sports. Belfast, 6-4. Belfast, 5-3. Belfast, 4-1. Belfast,
0: 5-1. Coventry, Glasgow. Glasgow's second game of the year in Coventry.
2: Coventry 6-3 Coventry 3-1 Coventry 4-1 Coventry 5-4 uh, Guildford 5 in Guildford Guildford 4-2 Guildford 5-1 Guildford 5-2 Uh Guildford 4 1. That's it. We
0: managed to go the whole thing without a single result being the same there, boys. Um That's it for predictions. and no midweek games this week. Um
2: So yeah, we'll scratch predictions out. Stafford stats, mate.
4: Okay then. Uh I'll just go through the league table as it stands at the moment. Uh first we've got Sheffield with sixteen points in first in sec- in second is Guildford with eleven. Not often you see Guildford this high up, uh, so it's great to see them there, hopefully they get to stay in the in, in the top three. So Guildford in second with eleven points, Nottingham in third with ten points, Coventry in fourth with nine points, Cardiff uh pretty far down than what I'd expect them to be in fifth with seven points. Um in sixth is Manchester with seven points. In 7th is Belfast again, a team which should be a lot higher than they are right now. Six points in six. Uh, eight In 8th we've got Fife with four points in seven. Uh, ninth Dundee, three points in seven. And Glasgow, uh, just the one game, and new Poire. In terms of league top scorers, uh, we have... Broderies actually not in the top spot for now anymore. Uh, it's Marco Valerand, he has 12 points. Uh, and Brody Reed now sits in fourth with 10 points uh, goalie stats we have Stojanovic for Steelers still in first with 94.94 save percentage and we've got CJ Mott with 94.2 Linskug with 92.52 Karuff with 91.75 and then Shane Owen who has been the absolute lifeline of five at the moment with 91.72 in terms of Challenge Cup the stats uh we have belfast with 14 points dundee with seven points and then fife with five points and the next group cardiff with 10 Guildford with 10 as well uh, same amount of games played which is seven and then coventry with four points and eight and then the final group we have Steelers with 11 points nottingham with nine points and then Storm with just one point. And uh, again, it's a similar sort of trend uh, with the top points at the moment. But well, it's all Belfast. We have Scott Conway, who has been absolutely lighting it up in the Challenge Cup uh, so far. 15 in, I think eight games. So amazing for him. Then we've got David Goodwin with 15. Uh, picnic or Pitchin' it or whatever it is. Uh, I say Picnic because it's a funny name. Um 12 points for him, Jordan Boucher with eleven points, and then Tanabe with ten points. And leading the way in terms of goal is we've got Beskarawani with the best stats so far, ninety-six point five save percentage. That's that's immense. Absolutely immense. And then we have Taran Kozen with ninety-four point seven zero and then Linskog with ninety-three point four eight. Barry Brust, who's made his way up on the table, uh with in fourth place with ninety-three point ten. And then Shane Owen again, 92.02. Perfect.
2: Thank you very much, Andy. No problem.
0: Uh, anybody got anything to add off the back of that or any other business that they want to add before we finish? Yeah, no, 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 the last, well, one other th- one last thing that I'll say uh, if you get yourself on Elite League Twitter, I criticise quite a lot. The top five, six goals, whatever it is, top six saves. The play of the day the other day was uh, was Oli Betteridge, And uh, what a play it was, I think it was from Saturday. So if you fancy uh, watching a very, very good play, go uh, get yourself on Elite League's Twitter or Facebook and watch that play of the day from Oli Betteridge. the day. It was an absolute cracking finish. Uh, and nice to see that coming from uh, from a Brit. Very much. Uh, that's, very it. much. Yep. that's it from me, gents, as if nobody else has got anything to add. No, so just before we close out, the last thing that we'll say, uh, it'd be wrong for us to finish. I actually meant to say this when we started, but I'd already written it at the bottom of my page. Uh, we are actually recording this on Remembrance Day. Um, so feel like it would be wrong of us to to not mention obviously the cause behind it and obviously what we're remembering and all those people that have have given their lives they've given their today so that we could have our tomorrow um i don't know about you guys we had a two minute silence in the office earlier today um yeah always an important time of year to, to to remember and uh give our thanks in our own way to to what people have sacrificed so we can have what we've got now
1: uh, very much important day remember and reflect and uh and give thanks um many stories of friends of family well, back in the day who was involved in 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 the wars and and, and everything and uh now it's uh, always important to definitely have the, even working from home everything turn off at eleven two minutes nothing for
2: us to give two minutes to remember like you said. Or those that give their lives for what we can have now, yeah, exactly that, boys. Exactly that. Um,
0: yeah, if no one's got anything else to add, well, uh, I think we'll close off there. I think we're, we're in under par in terms of the length of the podcast today, so uh, I think we'll we'll close it out there as soon as anybody's got anything else. Uh, so Dave, start so with you. Thank you very much, sir. No, oh, thank you very much. Uh, Always a pleasure,
1: never a chore. Some some good rants this week. Um, needed <laughs> oh mate, irrelevant whether you did or not. Loved it.
0: Thank you.
1: We just need to get um we need to get some rants from Greth.
0: We yeah. do, yeah. Have a we fun. We have
1: to find that the trigger point that just gets him going. Five. Um
2: <laughs> no,
1: He just smirks and then just goes, "Yeah." Okay, uh, no. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, um, hosting this. Uh, Shambles of a podcast, but we'd love to come back each week. Um, if we can't laugh at ourselves, who can? Uh, Graf Andy, thanks, uh, as ever for um, talking hockey. Uh, I look forward to when we actually do next time, we'll be, we'll be together.
0: We will, which is fun. Instagram Live, he, he's like a kid with a new toy. Isn't he? i tell you, recipe for disaster. This is <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: But no, thank you very, and to everybody who's listening. Thank you very much. If you agree with what we say, if you disagree with what we say, um, jump on the socials. nf um, said podcast on Twitter and Instagram and my fan is on podcast on Facebook. Drop us a message. Tell us if, if you agree with us or not. Um, but yeah.
0: Thanks for thanks for saying that, because I just dawned on me that we know, we
2: yeah.
0: keep plugging that we're gonna be doing Instagram live and then I've not actually plugged what the Instagram handle is. So yeah. Well uh, if
4: we're together mode, you could have had it. But...
0: Yeah, well I might try and get a picture of us all in together mode because I did have it on for a little bit, but that's a nice addition that Skype have. Um, but yeah, Andy, thank you very much,
4: sir, for uh for your rants. You're welcome as ever. Uh thank you, Joe. Thanks, Gref. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure as always. Uh thanks to everyone listening at home. Again, you're the real goat staying up uh to listen to us for a very long time. So fair play to you and thank you very much. Uh yeah. Looking forward to the many breezes we get next week. Looking forward
0: to those Bacardi breezes. That's just <laughs> oh.
4: a sentence you never expect to hear.
0: I know, but you, you you know as well as I do how good it's going to be. It's it's going to be off the charts. This is true. And last but not least, Greff, the next time our our listeners will will see slash hear you, you'll be in
4: an orange t shirt. It's like it's Tom TV, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with me. Yes.
3: Thanks. As you started off with a bit of Danish, I'll go with this as well. Tack, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much. But also, thanks to Dave, to staff, to the listeners out there.
2: Looking forward to next week, let's bring it on. Too right, mate, let's bring it on. Let's bring it on to
0: next week and uh, yeah, that's all we can really say. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody listening. Uh, as they said, get following us on social media if you if you agree or disagree with us, let us know. If you've got any questions, let us know. Keep an eye out for what we're posting on social media because God only knows what that's going to involve. And uh, yeah, until then, uh, good vibes. What? Oh, oh, good good vibes. vibes. Good vibes. This is many fountains. <laughs> I don't know if there are any fountains. We'll have to see if there are fountains there. Dave's
1: I'm not bringing my flip flops, so it's fine.
0: You know, Again, another story for a live show. Exactly. Exactly that. But now, until then, uh, thank you, everybody, listening. Uh, Manga Attack uh, for listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni.